The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. I'm joined now by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland for our regular Green Scene slot. And this week we're focusing on crocodile behaviour and drugs in the ocean. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, this extraordinary stuff about crocodiles and the sound of human babies. That's right. It's, it's amazing new research from France, which shows actually crocodiles might be better than us at telling when a human infant is distressed. And, and what they did was they exposed uh, two groups of crocodiles, about 25 in each group, to the sounds of 24 infants. And these were what we call hominin infants. So they were us and our closest relatives. And our closest relatives are the bonobo and the chimpanzee. So there was 12 human baby cries, six bonobos and six chimpanzees. Now they- they didn't they take ha- babies and bonobos and torture them to make them cry. No, no, these were recordings that they already had of these little infants, some of them in the wild, some of them captive, um, for, for, for certainly for the bonobos and chimps. And they had these big speakers that they placed around the pool in a zoo in Morocco when the zoo was closed. And of course, for anyone that's been to the zoo, you will know that crocodiles don't move very much. Uh, even when there's a lot of noise around them and big crowds around their enclosures, they tend to stay very, very still. So what was interesting here is after playing a 30-second recording to this group, um, a, a huge proportion of the crocodiles started to move towards the speakers pretty aggressively. Some of them even started to bite the speakers. And, and this is unusual behaviour in these animals. Um, it was interesting. There was actually one crocodile that sort of put herself between the speaker and the other crocodiles in a kind of protective response. Um, but, but again, they compared this to how humans respond to these cries. And in fact, we're not very good at it. We take pitch as our main indicator to see whether an, an infant is distressed. So in fact, f- for the children in this study, you know, one recording was, for example, um, you know, bath time at home, where that's a low stress environment. So the baby might be a little bit distressed, but they're not very upset. Or, for example, getting vaccinated at a health centre, which is a high stress um, situation for that baby. So humans are not very good at telling that apart. And I think a lot of people will will empathise with that. You know, crying at bedtime can be just as stressful as maybe in a more stressful situation. So um, the the crocodiles seem to be picking up on things like subharmonics and roughness when our vocal cords are going beyond their normal range. And those are associated with more emotional distress. Okay, so so what the crocodiles are picking up is a baby in distress, a vulnerable baby, perhaps. There's my lunch. Off I go. Exactly. And that's what's so interesting. And we know crocodiles evolutionarily, they've been around for many, many years and they were abundant kind of in the African cradle when human lines first evolved. So this research indicates they could have been a really significant danger uh, in these early human settlements. And of course, as so often, while science is finding data to support this now, this effect has been known. So so in, in, in Sri Lanka, European hunters used to use crying babies, apparently, to lure crocodiles to hunt during the 19th century. So, so this is something people have been aware of for hundreds of mm-hmm. years, uh, but science is now uh, picking up, uh, giving us the evidence to show mm-hmm. that, that it's actually happening. Now, your second story is about uh, c- pollution in the oceans by uh, consignments of co- co- cocaine, ba- bales of cocaine that either are lost overboard or dumped overboard and then uh, dissolve or are to be found along these drug routes in the oceans and the effect on sharks. 
That's right. I mean, we, we've had an awful lot of, and I would say probably quite clickbaity headlines around cocaine. I mean, we, we had a lot of uh, cocaine bales washing up in Donegal. Uh, there was a, a fictional film but based on true events called Cocaine Bear earlier in the year. And that prompted researchers to look at the Florida Keys because there's been a huge amount of drugs washing up on the Florida Keys. And look, this was done as part of the Discovery Channel's Shark Week. So I think, you know, the research isn't necessarily that robust. But I mean, what they did was they, they, they looked at shark behaviour in the area where there's a lot of drugs being dropped and certainly some shark biologists seem to think that sharks are behaving with unusual um, activities. So there was a hammerhead shark which would normally swim away from divers' bubbles, uh, was coming directly towards divers and moving slightly erratically. They saw some unusual behaviours in sandbar sharks. Now, the experiments that they did, again, I'm not sure they'd stand up to peer review. They dropped bales of things that looked like cocaine and saw if the sharks attacked them, and some of them did, and they took bites out of these things, which suggests maybe they've done that before. This is something they're familiar with. And they did give them sort of um, alternatives. Would they choose that over something that looked like food? And they seem to be attracted sometimes to the fake bales of cocaine. We can't really draw any definitive conclusions from this, but I think it is just, as you say, highlighting that issue. I mean, we're all taking drugs. You know, there's pharmaceuticals going into the water all the time. And we generally use this kind of dilution principle that the oceans are so huge that that this will all just wash away. But of course, we're not making any new water on this planet. The water we have today is the water we had a thousand years ago. It's the water we'll have in a thousand years. So, so while, while this research might not be that robust and we can't say for sure that cocaine is impacting on the behaviour of sharks, it's certainly highlighting that continually dumping pharmaceuticals into the ocean, particularly around the coasts where most life is, which is where these, these illegal tra- illegally trafficked drugs are ending up, you know, could be causing a problem for wildlife. And of course, as you mentioned, we dump our own pharmaceuticals either directly or maybe flush down the loo when people feel I've no more need for these, I'll flush them down the loo. They end up going through a water treatment plant and treatment plants are not designed necessarily to extract pharmaceuticals before they're recycled into our drinking water. That's right. And even if we're not flushing the actual medication down the loo, of course, if we ingest them, you know, we could just be peeing them out into the water system and we're not. And there was a study from about two years ago showing that methamphetamine causes addiction and alters the behaviour of brown trouts in rivers. Um, so, so, you know, we need to start thinking about, again, it's a bit like a circular economy with everything that we make. As we develop new medicines, new pharmaceuticals, we need to think about what's the end of life for those. And again, even coming back to technologies like smart toilets, you know, maybe we need to, to start thinking more broadly about how we're going to just not flush drugs into the water system where they could have adverse effects. Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.